Hi, my name is Pete Redden, and welcome to The Way I Taught It, Next Level Aviation Knowledge and Microbursts. I'd like to take a moment to mention the Wings Industry Network, along with the FAA's Fast Team Wings Pilot Proficiency Program, both promoting a drive to zero fatalities in general aviation. Go check out the FAA's Pilot Proficiency Program at faasafety.gov wings. On with today's lesson, autopilot modes. This podcast is my opinion based on experience with a broad spectrum of autopilots across my 31-year career as a pilot. No specific autopilot system is being referenced, although the principles behind each one of these modes can be found in the majority of general aviation autopilots. First off, this is a general overview of autopilot modes most common in newer general aviation aircraft avionics setups. Say that 10 times fast. This does not take the place of a thorough review of your autopilot supplement for your specific aircraft. This podcast is not a shortcut to understanding your particular autopilot. The majority of major autopilot manufacturers have videos on their websites or YouTube, as well as PDF manual downloads to aid in your understanding of their specific autopilot system. One general principle when using autopilots is to cross-check the autopilot mode enunciator after every change in arm or capture modes to ensure that the autopilot is operating as directed. Remember, the PIC is always flying the aircraft even if the autopilot's engaged. Normally, the autopilot mode enunciators are located somewhere above or next to the attitude indicator for the aircraft where the flight director is being displayed. Let's discuss the modes, buttons, and then applications of those modes for autopilots. The autopilot or AP button or on-off button is where you turn on or engage the autopilot as well as turn off or disengage the autopilot. This button only is depressed to engage the autopilot. The autopilot will engage in a basic roll and pitch mode. On the majority of TA aircraft, you will see this displayed in the roll and pitch mode enunciators. So what are we talking about here? The autopilot will remain in the current pitch attitude and bank attitude as depicted on the attitude indicator when the on off button or the autopilot button is selected. So when you turn the autopilot on, if you're in a seven degree nose up and a 30 degree left bank turn and you push the autopilot button, the autopilot is gonna maintain those specific parameters until you change to another mode of the autopilot. This is a temporary or transitory mode into other modes and should only be engaged after the pitch and bank are confirmed as correct for the required flight parameters. The aircraft will maintain these parameters until another mode is selected, or the aircraft can no longer aerodynamically maintain the commanded parameters resulting in a stall, out of control flight, or a significant upset requiring recovery. Next, we will discuss the lateral modes of the autopilot. This includes heading, navigation, approach, and back course. Heading mode is, mode is just that. The autopilot is directed to turn to a selected heading by the pilot through the heading selector bug. A few things to remember about heading bug use. If a greater than 180 degree turn is required, the turn must be broken up into two parts. The first to initiate the turn, the second portion for turning the remainder of the turn once the required heading is within 180 degrees from the current heading. Basically, if you're on a 360 heading and asked to turn right to a heading of 190, you would turn the heading bug about 90 degrees to the right, wait for the 190 heading to be less than 180 degrees out from your current heading, 
and then bug the 190 heading. This will prevent a turn to the left when one to the right is desired. So bottom line, if you want to do the higher level, level math, 360, you turn it to 090. Once the aircraft passes 010, you can now turn the heading bug the rest of the way to 190, and you will make a 190 degree turn to the right. If you try and select 190 right off the bat, the, air, the autopilot will direct a left turn and not a right turn. Nav mode, well, it's just that. The autopilot will direct the aircraft to follow whatever selected navigation solution is selected, either VOR or GPS in most common scenarios. This mode is usually armed during radar vectors to an on-course in-route intercept. So the autopilot will be in the heading mode for the vectors. The nav mode will be armed once the intercept heading is within 90 degrees of the desired course. Once the navigation solution becomes active on the CDI, the nav mode will replace the heading mode as the active mode. One note of caution about the nav mode. Ensure that the correct navigation solution is selected. In some avionic setups, this requires additional programming or button pushing within another part of the avionics, specifically the GPS, or specifically selecting that nav solution on the EHSI. Ensure that you select, tune, identify, and monitor the proper GPS or VOR waypoint or station as required. Approach mode. Approach mode is like navigation mode with one exception. It will also allow the corresponding vertical mode of the autopilot to be armed if one is associated with the approach in the database. Prior to engaging this mode, the pilot is required to ensure that the proper approach, GPS, RNAV, ILS, VOR, localizer, is programmed into the navigation solution and valid for use. Again, the most likely mode to be used prior to this mode is the heading mode while receiving radar vectors to final. A subset of the approach mode is the back course mode, and it's used when accomplishing an approved back course approach with an associated localizer front course approach. At this point, we segue into the vertical modes of autopilot navigation. Pitch mode has already been discussed and the basic mode once the autopilot is turned on. Altitude mode is just that. It captures and holds your altitude. The altitude selector or bug plays a vital role in the mode of the autopilot. If the autopilot is turned on and then the altitude mode is activated, it will hold the current altitude the aircraft is at, no matter what is selected in the altitude bug. This is called altitude hold mode. When one of the vertical modes that causes a climb or descent is engaged and the altitude selection bug has a proper altitude selected above or below the current altitude, if it's a climb or descent, the autopilot will direct the aircraft to fly that vertical navigation mode to the altitude selected and then level off at that altitude. The vertical speed mode is used to change from one altitude to another. This is based on a selected vertical speed in feet per minute on your vertical speed indicator, either ascending or descending. A few critical points here. ATC will be expecting you to climb or descend at least 500 feet per minute. This is a minimum, not a maximum. Normally to meet this minimum, you must select something greater than 500 feet per minute. Usually six to 800 feet per minute is a good compromise. This mode is great to use when you have a climb or descent restriction to meet and you know the time to the restriction. For instance, you have to descend 2,000 feet in the next four minutes. You know that you can set 600 feet per minute. You need at least 500 feet per minute. You can set 600 feet per minute over the next four minutes and you know you will meet that 2,000 foot altitude restriction in the correct amount of time. Another note of caution. 
If an altitude is not correctly armed, the vertical speed mode can fly you into a stall if climbing or into the ground if you're descending. The flight level change mode is akin to the vertical speed mode, except it's based on a setting to maintain an indicated airspeed in the climb or descent. I'll digress here for just a moment and purport that when descending, no matter the mode selected, the aircraft should descend at the same speed that it was at cruise. I've seen many applicants over many exams now slow the aircraft to a slower airspeed than cruise to descend to a lower altitude. In my opinion, this would be incorrect for general aviation operating under 250 knots. So back to the flight level change mode. When this mode is selected, the airspeed bug on the airspeed indicator will activate and it will default to the current airspeed being flown. One of two things has to happen. First, a power increase or decrease must be made if climbing or descending at the current airspeed, or the airspeed bug must be moved to a higher or lower airspeed if descending or climbing. So a higher airspeed if you want to descend at the current power setting, and a lower airspeed if you want to climb at the current power setting. Normally, a combination of both power change and airspeed change is used. Personally, I prefer this mode over vertical speed mode as it eliminates the possibility of exceeding the climb capabilities of the aircraft leading to a stall. This mode will still fly you into the ground if an altitude is not properly selected on the descent. Vertical navigation mode is used on non-persistent approaches or when climbing or descending to restrictions that are given on a published departure or arrival. When this mode is engaged, the next higher or lower altitude must be armed in the altitude window for the autopilot to direct the aircraft to descend or climb as required. Power settings must also be manipulated to allow the descent in some cases. The descent path is calculated and the aircraft will descend as required to meet the flight path. The VNAV mode doesn't necessarily use vertical speed mode and it doesn't necessarily use flight level change mode. It, it just calculates a glide path and then directs the pitch attitude downward or upward to meet that glide path to that next altitude restriction, whether above or below, as long as it, that next altitude is set in the altitude window. Some autopilot displays will have a flight director. The flight director or command bars are a visual representation of what is being directed by the programming. They can be used with or without the autopilot. If used without the autopilot, the pilot not flying should program the flight director for the pilot flying. I would not recommend using the flight director as a single pilot as task saturation could occur while flying and programming at the same time without the use of the autopilot. So if you're a single pilot, turn on the autopilot, program the flight director slash autopilot with the autopilot engaged to prevent task saturation. If you want to hand fly and have the flight director give you commands to help you hand fly, have a pilot in the right or left seat, the pilot not flying, program the command bars or the flight director for you so that you can hand fly it without becoming task saturated. One last thing that the autopilot may have is a go around mode. This mode button is usually located on or near the throttles and is, is pre-programmed with specific parameters based on full power and a VY climb speed. This mode can be activated on initial takeoff, touch and go, go around, or missed approach. This mode will set you up for success and provide you a safe climb speed straight ahead with a safe climb rate straight ahead while waiting capture of other armed modes to include navigation or altitude modes. A word of caution here. If your technique is to set your decision height or MDA in your altitude select window, then go around mode will capture, level off, and maintain that altitude if the go around mode is selected 
because of a missed approach or a go-around in the event that you can't see the runway during instruments or you have an unstable approach. This could place you at a dangerously low altitude during a go-around and it'll level you off at your MDA or your decision altitude past the decision altitude point or the missed approach point. If you can set your MDA or DA separate from your altitude window, ensure that the altitude select window is set for the missed approach altitude, not the DA or MDA. Don't have your DA or MDA set in two locations. Set your MDA for your approach and then set your missed approach altitude in your altitude window so that when you hit the go around button and you go into go around mode, it will automatically arm that missed approach altitude for you and you will level off at the correct altitude and not the incorrect altitude. If unable to do this due to system limitations because you only have one altitude select window as opposed to an altitude select window and a DA MDA window, ensure that when you engage the go around mode that the first thing that you select once you have selected the go around mode and the, first, the very first thing to select after that is to select the new altitude that you want to go to for your missed approach and make sure you cover that in your briefing. Okay, I know that was a ton of information covered. Please review this podcast as many times as needed and consult with your local CFI and your autopilot operating handbook to discuss and learn the modes of operation specific to your autopilot. Again, I'm Pete Redden. That's another episode of The Way I Taught It. Thank you for finding this podcast worthy of inclusion in your study of aviation. Until next time, fly safe, fly smart. That's The Way I Taught It.